and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast by the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. It's June 2022, and today I'm honoured to be joined by three of the journal's Youth Advisory Board members for this third podcast in our series of discussions with young people about their take on some of the major issues currently affecting child and adolescent health and wellbeing. In this episode, we're going to talk about the pandemic and its effect on young people. So joining me for this, we have Dr. Laura Marcella, a physician from Cali in Colombia. We have Ziyu Peng, a university student from Shenzhen in China, and Karim Zudi, a medical student from Florida in the United States. Welcome, everyone. So I'd like to start by asking each of you in turn uh, what you think the major issues are that have affected young people in your region of the world during the pandemic. Lara, can we start with you over in South America, please? Well, uh, hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to us. Yes, I am Laura Marcella. I'm from Colombia, and I work as a physician and research fellow. And well, Jane, yes, uh, I think that we had a lot of big issues that needed to be addressed almost at the same time in pandemic times. One of them was the racial and ethnic disparities in terms of access to care for COVID-19, as well as for other urgent clinical conditions. So it is not a secret that Afro-Colombian and indigenous populations here have least chance to, to have an opportune attention, give the long distance from rural communities to competent medical facilities, for example, and also because the poor education resided and other social determinants. So it is not easy to stay in home where you have to work outside every day in order to obtain some food for you, for your child. And I think this was a problem for everybody. But the situation for children and adolescents was more concerning, given that young people depend on their parents or other adults to access to health, to food in general, and to warranty their rights. Thanks, Lara. And Karim, in the US, what's your interpretation of the, the major issues affecting adolescents during the pandemic? Hello, thank you. So I would say that the biggest disruption, at least here in the US that I've noticed, is disruption to education in general. So, for example, pandemics happened over so many years now that Classes have been canceled. Like when it first happened, classes got canceled. Then several weeks later, everything was still in disarray. Some classes were canceled. Some were still trying to figure out how to switch. And then from beyond that, once schools started switching to online learning, there are all the issues that came along with that. For example, Wi-Fi issues or some people didn't have the computers or the webcams needed to actually record. Or for example, you don't have the motivation, for example, if you're just sitting at home in front of a laptop as compared to in class. And the huge aspect of schooling in general is the networking, the friendships that you make. So if you're on a computer and all you've ever known of these people is their, their little screen that you see, it's much harder to make friends, it's much harder to connect. And that really affects the youth, that really affects anyone in general. Beyond that, so I am a medical student, pandemic occurred before I was a medical student and after, so the whole application process. So that was much different for me than most people. So there was difficulties in the interviews, there was difficulties in obtaining a lot of the things needed for an application. So for example, a lot of my friends had difficulties being able to go to a hospital and shadowing, 
or they had difficulties getting research and like clinical experience. Or just getting a hold of professors was much harder because you can't walk up to them face to face. Beyond that, standardized exams, a lot of them were canceled and you couldn't explore the schools. So in overall, education was disrupted in so many ways and the difficulty was in trying to adapt and learn how to overcome that and be better. Thanks, Kareem. That's such an important point. And there's so much research and discussion around disruption of education, mostly looking at younger children, you know, um, at primary school or elementary school and then secondary and high school. We haven't really focused as much about those trying to learn their vocation. Thanks, Kareem. Um, Ziyu, we come to you next. China is evidently still in the thick of pandemic difficulties. What kind of issues are young people facing where you are? Yes, Kareem mentioned the disruption to the education. Now, most of the university students in China can't leave the campus without permission. I have not lived on campus since I was doing an internship, but my friends who are still living on campus told me they had nightmares after knowing they can't go out. Their daily routines being ruined and they can't socialize with people properly. This actually leads to anxiety, depression, fear, and other negative emotions. The mental health effects of being quarantined are a big problem. I was facing the same situation in March. There was a suspected case in my neighborhood and I had to be quarantined for a week. I felt so bad during the quarantine. My gym routine was ruined and my brain kept telling me that if I don't work out every day, I will gain so much weight. It leads to negative body thoughts about myself, which is a whole other story. And also during the quarantine, the lack of personal private space creates a stressful environment. There might be conflicts between couples, between parents and kids. Conflicts between parents and children are particularly prominent. Adolescents are in the conflict stage of self-identity and role confusion. They have a strong desire for independent psychological space and have a strong sense of independence. They would rather be alone than open their hearts to their parents. Uh, a survey of over 10,000 junior and senior high school students in Shanghai found that the incidence of loneliness among middle school students was over 50%. They might be living an irregular life addicted to video games and often waste time using apps such as TikTok, WeChat, and Weibo. Once the parents judge or try to stop them, they might be, uh, there might be violent conflicts or they might force the parents to back off by completely closing themselves off. Thank you, Ziyu. And you're absolutely right. Mental health is a significant issue for this generation um, of pandemic youth. So this is a really crucial discussion about the mental health impacts of the pandemic on young people. Karim and Lara, I'm interested to know uh, if you agree with that and what kind of impact the pandemic has had on young people's mental health where you are. Karim, would you like to speak to that point? Of course, yeah. So I actually volunteer at a crisis and suicide hotline. So a lot of these issues, because of the pandemic, a lot of them have been ex exacerbated from what I've noticed. So, for example, like Zhu was mentioning, loneliness and just relationship issues in general is a huge issue. So people are either alone more than ever or they're confined with a small group of people of their family or their couple or how, whoever they're with. And they're forced to interact more in a sometimes unfavorable, sometimes more favorable environments. So that can create tensions, can create difficulties in family dynamics. Beyond loneliness, anxiety in general has increased from what I've noticed. So for example, 
in the pandemic, it's created a lot of uncertainty about everything in general. So all of that leads to anxiety. For example, like my test got canceled and it's like, okay, when's my next test? Or fear of illness in general. So you might fear getting sick and then you get behind on your schoolwork, you get behind on actual work and who knows what's on that. So all that causes a lot of anxiety. Beyond that, grief was also very prevalent. So for example, people are losing losing loved ones. People aren't knowing how to cope because it's just them. They don't have the comfort of other people to to bring them up a little when these happen. So with the pandemic and stirring up all these emotions and creating all these issues, I think mental health of the youth is more prevalent than ever. Yeah, it sounds like you're really at the front line of that with your volunteering on the hotline, Kareen. It's great that you do that. Um, Laura, any comments? Yes, Jane. I agree with Kareen and Sir. Uh, Definitely, the impact of the pandemic on mental health is so big. Maybe it will take us years to understand the real implications. So about this, I would like to share a personal story. I have a cousin who is 15 years old. She is really smart and cool. But I remember that months ago, she told me she would prefer not to return to school. I mean, to -to face-to-face education. Of course, it was a surprise, so I asked her why. And she told me that with online education, she had the opportunity to decide who she wanted to talk and who she wanted to avoid. For example, homophobic and intolerant classmates. That was like a red flag for me because I told her, as I told her, that's not real life. The reality is that you must learn how to deal with every type of person in different situations in order to to grow up and, and to develop as a functional adult. And on the other hand, as a Colombian, I should highlight the the great challenge of our young population, which in the middle of the pandemic decided to take to the streets and raise their voice uh, for justice and respect for their rights. So sadly, we have victims of urban violence and confrontations, as well as COVID-19 patients in the emergency department at the same time. I experienced that as a medical student, and uh, it was Preset. The social inequities and dis- disagreement with the government were not stopped and were not replaced by COVID-19. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for sharing that personal story as well. Your cousin sounds very cool. So we've talked here about a number of negative impacts from the pandemic, but the last two years have also been a time of enormous social changes uh, and not necessarily all bad, I suggest. Um, So I wonder if we can just consider for a minute any positive changes for young people that have been driven by the pandemic. Laura, I might go straight back to you with that one first. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, um, I don't want to be misunderstood. I think that, yes, we have also positive changes. I think that every child and adolescent and young and even adults had a change in their daily routines, including positive change. I will say that spending more time with my parents, with my grandma, with my aunt, as well as with my pets, that gave gave me the opportunity to know them more, to have like an update of their lives and to tell them about my projects, my wishes, and and even my fears, because it was a a difficult time. Uh, Of course, it was also challenging, but I will say that we got closer. However, I know that that experience could be half different for, for every family. But yes, that, that's my opinion. 
That's a great idea. I really hope that if I was to ask my adolescents, they'd say getting to spend more time with me was a good thing and not a bad thing, but I'm not 100% sure <laughs> how they'd answer that. Zia, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think there definitely are more online job opportunities that appear because of the pandemic. I know some people have become freelancers in the last few years, and it actually allows them to balance their life and work better or even earn more than before. One of my friends used to be an offline English teacher, but then she became an online teacher after the pandemic, and now she earns much more and gains more freedom. Also, people are becoming more aware of healthy bodies. For example, start eating preventative medicine and try to build up their immunity system. Yeah, thank you. Those are really good points. Kareem, anything to add? Yeah, of course. So I would say while we all often get bogged down on all the negatives of COVID and just the pandemic in general, there are positives, as we've mentioned. So as we adapt, good things happen. So, for example, when the pandemic first started, I noticed all the roads, they were empty. No one was there, except people were, were outside. People were biking. People were walking. People were running. And at least in my neighborhood, that was a bit of a shock. But it's a nice shock. It's people are caring more about their health, as you was mentioning. And people are seeing that the pandemic and they're taking full stock of their health. Beyond that, there's also the modernization of medicine, telemedicine. So people can take phone calls and take medical calls from their comfort of their home instead of having to show up to an office, for example, if they have a condition, if they're sickly, if, if it's too much of a hassle to bring the kid into the office. This way they're doing it from the comfort of their home. And there's always those positives. Yeah, and I think that's, that's um, similar to what Ziyu was saying as well, that actually it's potentially a whole new different way of working for um, future generations, which could actually be pretty exciting. So thank you very much, everyone. I think there's some really exciting things to consider there, as well as ensuring that we obviously don't minimise the impact of this unique experience on young people. I'd like to finish up now by asking each of you, if I can, please, to close with one message for child and adolescent health experts or our listeners about what they should be mindful of when working with a post-pandemic generation. Ziu, I'll come to you first. What do you want experts to consider? Policymakers to consider the importance of young people, socializing with friends and mental health support in universities. Thank you. Kareem. Thank you. I would just like to emphasize for, for mental health experts and just pediatricians, any, any people that work with kids, just to be aware of all the mental health consequences of these last few years when treating young children. Thank you. And Lara, final thoughts for us. Yeah, well, Jane, I believe there is still much to be said. I would like to invite young people and stakeholders to find a balance between online and face-to-face -face opportunities in terms of education and meetings. I know we are in front of a new reality and we should promote both types of interactions. Thank you very much. Wonderful. I very much hope that our listeners will reflect on these messages in their ongoing work and their post-pandemic endeavours. Thank you all so much for making time to chat with me today and for sharing your wisdom. And thank you to all of you listeners uh, for listening into this episode of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation with The Lancet Child and Adolescent Health or wherever you usually get your podcasts.